B'Shem Hashem Na'asev and Asliach. Welcome everyone to our weekly shiur on the Zera on the parasha with the perush of the Zera Shimshon. Um, this week's parasha is Parashat Vayigra. Parashat Vayikra. We will be doing the sixth derush of the Zera Shimshon, derush Vav. I want to first and foremost wish a mazal tov to our um, frequent. Uh, frequent shiur comer uh, Yonatan Bardarian on his uh, recent engagement, Mazal Tov. And it should be that uh, the zechut of the Zerah Shimshon is a melitz yosher for all the others that are single. He's Baruch Hashem been coming, I think, every single week for the past, what, year now? So, um, Bezrat Hashem. Huh? For this class, for the, for the Zerah Shimshon, yeah. So, Baruch Hashem. So, we should, we should see much, much Many more smachot um, in the zechut of the Zerah Shimshon for all of Am Yisrael, those that are um, in need of a zivug, Hashem should send them their zivug, and those that need children, Hashem should give them Zerah Kayama, Amen Keneratzon. All right. The parasha, Parashat Vaikra, deals with the korbanot, the sacrifices in the Beit HaMikdash. So, what were many of the sacrifices? What was the main reason that a person would bring a sacrifice in the Beit HaMikdash? Many of the, of the sacrifices in the Beit HaMikdash intrinsically were for forgiveness. Right? You bring a sacrifice. Basically, the meaning behind the sacrifice in the Beit HaMikdash was this sacrifice that is being brought on the altar should have been the person, but instead... They have repented, they've been forgiven, so this person is, so to speak, this, sorry, this animal is being sacrificed instead of the person who sinned, right? So it's all about forgiveness and tshuva and repentance. Therefore, the Zerah Shimshon brings a very interesting verse from Navi Hoshea, and he's going to go into uh, these pesukim and explain how tshuva really works and how it should really work. And how the korbanot are connected in that sense. He says, the pasuk says in Hosea, "Ziru lachem litzdaka, kitzru lefi chesed," meaning, sow for yourselves tzidkut, righteousness, and you will reap according to kindness. Meaning, you 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 sow righteousness, you will reap, reap the fruits of that labor accordingly. You will reap um, kindness. Niru lachem nir, etc. And till for yourselves, tilling. Tilling means like preparing the land, you know, prepare the land and etc. And then the rest of the Pasuk says, Harashtem resha avlata getzartem, but you have plowed resha wickedness, avlata getzartem, and you have reaped for yourselves iniquity. Achantem peri chachash. And you have eaten the fruits of denial. Denial of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why? Because you relied on your wicked ways. Because of your mighty strength. You said, ah, it's me. It's, I did everything. I, and you relied on yourselves. Therefore, there will rise a big mishmash and commotion in your midst of your people. Now the Zerah Shimshon says, Kasheh. This is difficult. Why? Firstly, he says, It should have really said, Okay. So the Pasuk says, 
You shall sow for yourselves, meaning plant for yourselves, um, seeds of righteousness, so that accordingly you will reap later the fruits of kindness, so to speak. You've sown righteousness and you will reap greatness afterwards, right? It's very simple. You plant goodness, you receive goodness, right? And then the opposite, the Pasuk says, the opposite should say, if you planted wickedness, then you shall reap iniquity and wickedness that follows. But the following Pasuk doesn't say it like that. It says, but you have plowed wickedness and you have reaped iniquity. You've plowed wickedness. It should say, you've planted wickedness and you reaped iniquity. Not plant. <coughs> it has to match the beginning. You know, when you're saying you planted greatness, you've reaped, let's say you planted, you planted righteousness and you've reaped kindness. Okay? You planted Wickedness, you've reaped iniquity. But it doesn't say you planted, it says you plowed. The question is, why the change in the terminologies? If this was a poem, you know, you got the second verse of the poem has to be the opposite of the first poem. It's not really being the opposite, it's not matching here. And he says, and there is a few different differences in these pesukim as well. So now... He's going to go into explaining all of this from a Gemara, and then it's going to go into what Teshuvah really is. You guys are going to love this. It's, it's so gorgeous. It's just... I, I, I got to say, I got to give an intro for a second. I, I've, this has been brought to my attention by others also. The beauty of the Zerah Shimshon is, he doesn't stop at Midrashim and like Mishnayot. Like almost... He, he, he just involves every single scripture you could think of. He'll bring from the Zohar, Midrash, Gemara, Halakha. It'll be like the Shulchan Aruch, the Torah says this, and it matches this from the Zohar. It's, it's, you can't just, you know, I was doing some more studying of the, on, the, on the Zera Shimshon a while ago. You have to understand who this person was. I mean, he lived, he was friends with the Orachai Makadosh. They used to send each other's letters. You know, the Orachai Makadosh. You know, well-known commentary on the Torah and mystical chacha. He, he, he lived in the same, same time as the Orach HaKadosh. The Chida HaKadosh. You guys know the Chida, right? The Chida HaKadosh says the works of the Zerah Shimshon are Kedoshim. They are holy. This, basically, we don't understand the level of who this person really was. It's not for no reason that, you know, the Segula of learning his Sefer really works. Right? So he says like this. Sorry, my, my chair keeps making that sound. It's like... <laughs> I'm so sorry for those listening in. <laughs> in the ninth chapter of Baba Metziah, page 105, the Mishnah says, If a person rents a field from his friend. Now, how was a lot of times the rentals, the Mishnah talk about this, uh, a lot. So those days, a person used to go and rent a field from somebody to work on the field, right? And a lot of times they would pay the rent with crops. Like, I let me let me work your land. I'll rent your land. Okay, I will pay. I will pay you by a share of crop. Let's say, you know, I'm gonna plant wheat. 
You know, my rent to you would be per year, you know, 20% of what I, what I reap. Or like one ton of wheat. I don't know, whatever, right? So now it says, so if a person goes and rents this field, he didn't want to weed out the, weed out the land while the crop was still growing. Okay, there's weeds grow everywhere. Uh, and, and they grow very tall. So the halakha, the Mishnah is saying that when a person rents out land, he has to maintain the land, he has to take care of it. He can't just be like, I'm renting it, while I'm renting it, it's mine. You know? You have to take care of it. Like you, can't, you can't rent a home and destroy the home. Right? So here it's talking about this person rents this land and he doesn't, he doesn't um, uproot the weeds of the land while he is planting his wheat or whatever it is that he's planting. Right? Which he's supposed to do. He's supposed to do it while his crop is growing. Ve'amarleh. So the landowner says to him, he says, so he says to the landowner, the landowner says, hey, you're supposed to be getting rid of the weeds while you're... So he says to him, what is it to you? Why do you care? I'll pay you what I'm supposed to pay you. Right? I told you you get 20% of the crops, you get 20%. I told you you get one ton of wheat, I'll give you one ton of wheat. What's your problem? I'm, I'm, I'm working the land that I'm renting. What's it to you? Right? The Gemara says, We do not listen to him. We don't go by the word of the renter. Why? Because the landowner can reply to him and say, Tomorrow, in the future, you're going to leave this land. And it will grow weeds for me and downgrade my future crop. The more you don't cut weeds, the more they grow. So you're gonna, you know, you're not doing it while, but it's gonna destroy my land later. It's gonna drop the price of my land, or it's gonna keep growing. It's like saying a house, you know, you have a property. If the people that are renting it, they don't take care of it, they can't just be like, I'm paying your rent, what do you care, what do you mean? It's gonna cost me thousands of dollars to fix up after you're gone, right? So that therefore, they force the renter, the renter has to weed out the weeds during the process of planting and plowing. All that, he has to be taking care of the land also. Right? The Gemara says, The Gemara continues. If the renter says to the landowner, I will plow the field and uproot any remaining weeds after I reap all my crop. So I don't need to weed it out while it's growing. Okay, you're right. You're right. Right now, I don't have time, I don't have manpower. Let me, let me do my crop. Okay, I'm not going to weed out the weeds during the planting and the growing of my crops. After I've cut my crops, I've bundled it up, and then I'll weed out all the weeds in the field. Amarleh, the landowner can reply to him and say, I want good wheat. I want grade A wheat. The rental that you're going to pay me, my dues, the one ton of wheat, I want grade A wheat. Why should I settle for, for junk? Why? Because the weeds will naturally harm the crops. 
they take energy from the soil, right? So if you have weeds growing with the wheat, they take the energy that the wheat can be getting from the ground from it. Therefore, you're not going to have such a good crop growing because you have weeds growing in between all these wheat kernels and stuff, and it's, it's, it's going to ruin the crop. So the landowner can say, no, I don't want you to do it afterwards. I want you to do it now while you're working. You're going to go through the land every day, every week. I don't know how farmers do it, when they have to do it, but you got to go out and uproot all the weeds as you see them growing. You can't, I'm not going to let you let it out. And the Gemara says, yes, you can force him to do it. Even if he says, I'll do it afterwards, the landowner can claim, no. You have to do it now. No later, now. Okay. Because I want good wheat. Or he says, Or if the renter says to the landowner, I will wheat I will weed for you the amount of your rental portion and leave the rest of the field without weeding it out. Okay, fine. Oh, you want, you want a nice field? You, you want your wheat to be not, you want it to be grade A? Fine. I will weed out the portion that I'm supposed to pay for your rental. I'll weed all of that out. Grade A wheat, royal. Royal, <laughs> what <are> the, <laughs> right? <laughs> what are these like brands of good wheat and rice and stuff like that? You know, no, Royal is not good. Paris is good. <laughs> what, were the, what were those commercials? Do they still have those commercials on Persian radio? He bleach yeah. What is that I smell? Why are you smelling my house? Okay, <clears throat> So if he says, listen, I will weed out the section that I'm supposed to pay for your rental fee, the, the landowner can reply, No. If you do that, you're going to give a bad name to my land. There's a section that looks all clean and nice. The rest of the land looks all disheveled. After you leave, I won't be able to rent out this land because everyone's going to be like, oh, this land grows a lot of weeds. It's not a good property. It's not good for growth because it's, it's, it's never been maintained well. So you're going to give a bad name to my land. So no, you have to, even the parts you're not working on, if you're renting my land, you have to weed out the land all the time. You can't be like, I rented the whole house, but that room I'm not sleeping in, right? I, 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 but so what do you mean? You're paying for the whole thing. You, you cannot take care of one of the rooms. You still have to air it out. You still have to make sure it's not molded. It's the same kind of uh, um, um, situation. <clears throat> and then the Gemara says over there, Vatanan, but the Mishnah says, asavim. So the Gemara says, why is it that this guy doesn't, why can't he just say, listen, you have to accept my offer. I did tell you that I am going to cut the weeds afterwards. Okay? So if I'm going to after, afterwards cut everything, so what's your problem? You can't tell me it gives a bad name to your land. I will clean your land. Just let me do my crops and it'll be clean perfect. The next time you have a showing, your real estate agent comes and shows the land, it'll be mwah. Right? It says, no, Elam. Rather, it's not good. Mishum because he's going to say, Biz, Bizra de nafal nafal. 
When a seed falls, it has fallen. Atkan. Until here is the back and forth in the Gemara. What does he mean by a seed that falls has fallen? Basically saying when weeds grow, you want to tell me you'll do it afterwards. That's too late. Because when weeds grow, they pollinate. The seeds fall. If you weed it out afterwards, you've done nothing because the seeds now are on the ground. They're going to keep on growing now. What you have to do, you have to uproot the weeds the moment they come out. So you can't pollinate and can't, they can't make more weeds in the ground. Adkan, until here's the Gemara. It sounds very, very natural. It sounds like a business, you know, business ethics in the Gemara. How do you take care of a piece of land? And this is applied to everything. In, in business about owning land. How do you rent land? How do you not? What do you do in a rental property? Right? These are the, these, these are the things that we learn out from till this very, very day. You would be surprised as to how many unbelievable current halachot we learn from Mishnayot that were written 2,000 years ago. More than 2,000 years ago. That's why we say the Torah is forever. You know, this week in Bet Knesset, I, 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 I spoke about a halachic um, thing, question that came up about um, <coughs> if you're allowed to like, uh, concerning like opening windows in a public place, let's say opening windows or closing the windows in a shul or a Bet Knesset or a Bet Midrash, right? Depending if it's winter time, if it's summertime, yada, yada, yada. Where do we learn this from? From a, from a Mishnah in Masechet Pe'ah, which deals with fields. How to leave the Pe'ah of your land for the Aniim. How that's compared and how you learn it out from windows, it's unbelievable. It's, I can't get into it, but like, these things always apply to different situations. So now, let's just review. I'm going to read it inside. We'll review the three different... Um, um, back and forths between the landowner and the renter, okay? If the, if the renter says, <coughs> I will still give you the same exact rental payment that I was gonna tell you, give you, so don't worry, if I don't read it out, why do you care? I'm still gonna pay you your share, right? Then the owner kind of is, is gonna say what? No, it's gonna, it's gonna affect the crops that are gonna be produced, right? If the renter says, I'll plow the field afterwards, he says, it's still going to, hold on. And then he could say that it's going to diminish the value of the land. And the third thing is, if the renter maintains that he'll weed out only the rental portion, he can respond and say, that's going to give me a bad name for my land. Okay? So now, listen to this. Vehine. Oh, and then, additionally, the Gemara said, for all these different um, 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 what you call it, claims by the renter, the, the landowner can simply say, if you don't weed them out, they put seeds and the seeds will grow later on. So you have to constantly be maintaining the land. Right? It says, The Jews accepted the Torah from Har Sinai for what? 
to do the mitzvot, the positive mitzvot, ulushomrah, and to keep the negative mitzvot. That's why we received the Torah. Ve'im chotim, and if chas v'shalom, we sin, amara katuv, the pasuk says, sur mera ve'asetov. Distance yourself from the bad, distance yourself from averot, ve'asetov, and do mitzvot. That is the, that is the equation of getting back on the road. We have the mitzvot, we're supposed to keep the mitzvot, but we stumble. We make mistakes. We're human, right? What is the equation to getting back on the road and once again doing the mitzvot? Sur ba'asetov. Do teshuvah for the mistakes you made and start doing the mitzvot again, right? That's the best way to do it. Because really, you're supposed to first start by uprooting the mistake, fixing the mistake, which is done by teshuvah, by repenting. And afterwards, continue doing good. If you guys remember, in the shurim that we had on the Sha'aret Teshuvah, right? We said that when a person does not do teshuvah, and he starts doing mitzvot, Right? It's like holding a rat in your hand and going in the mikveh. You, you still have the pagam, you have the defects of the averot on you, and you're doing mitzvot. Okay, it counts as something, but it's not what it should be. Right? So he says, Ve'im yomru Yisrael, if the Jews turn to Hashem and they say, Hey, we're giving you your share. What's the big deal? Okay, we made mistakes. Right? But now I'm doing the mitzvot you want, 613 mitzvot, I'm doing it, aren't I? I'm giving you your share, I'm giving you what you want. You want me to keep the mitzvot? I'm keeping the mitzvot. But we do not want to weed out the averot that we had. We don't want to repent on the averot that we had. Why? Why wouldn't someone want to weed out the averot that they had? Why wouldn't someone want to do teshuvah? For previous sins. Remember in the Shara Teshuvah how we talked about it? Because in our world today, we don't look at them as sins. We look at them as experiences. Right? It was an experience. We learned from it. Now we go on. Okay? Huh? Or that's how you felt at the time. But many people, even afterwards, that are Shomrei Torah and Mitzvot, they don't fully accept upon themselves the yoke of teshuvah. Why? Because I feel if I had not made that mistake, I wouldn't... Okay, maybe, but it was still a mistake. You need to do teshuvah. You need to repent, ask for forgiveness, because you could have done better. Right? Not doing teshuvah is leaving that defect where it is. So B'nai Israel are saying, Hashem, I'm doing the mitzvot. What do you want? I don't want to weed it out. I don't want to do teshuvah. Kelomar, <coughs> to say, I don't want to remove and repair the damage caused by the averot that I did in the past. So why do you care? Why do you care? We're not doing those averot anymore. We st I stopped. I stopped doing those averot. And I'm doing mitzvot now. So what do you care? Right? But hold on, the weeds are still there. Omer Lama Kadosh Baruch Hu, Baruch Hu will turn to Bnei Israel and say what? 
אין איש שומע לכם, no, I do not accept that. מפני שלמחר אתם יוצאים ממנה, because tomorrow אתם יוצאים ממנה. Remember what the landowner says to the renter? Tomorrow you're going to leave the land. And when you're going to leave the land, what's going to happen? X, Y, Z. So here's this, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, tomorrow you're going to leave. Leave what? Because you're going to leave and withdraw your commitment <coughs> to stop sinning. Because the pekam is there. You're going to go back to those averot again. If you don't do teshuvah fully, you're prone to go back and do them again. Mishum dekai malan, because we have an accepted principle that says what? Avera goreret avera. When you have an avera, it'll bring with it other averot. If you don't fully weed it out, if you don't fully do teshuvah, you're going to do it again. Especially if you don't really feel bad about it. Most of the time when we don't do teshuvah is because we don't really feel bad that it was something bad. We feel that it was an experience. So if you feel it was an experience, sometimes you'll feel you need to experience it again. Especially if you're very brilliant and you say, hey, listen, people fall 10 times before they get up. So it's only a better experience the second time. You know, you'll keep making those mistakes if you don't accept, if we don't accept that it was wrong to do teshuvah. So he says, just like the landlord, Hashem says to Bnei Israel, no, because tomorrow, if you keep the way you're going and you don't do teshuvah, tomorrow you're going to leave the mitzvot. Yeah, you're doing the mitzvot now, but it's not the way it should be and you're going to go back and do those averot again. And he brings another mashal just to, just to elaborate a little bit more on this concept. It says, any wool that is dirty, any dirty wool does not really absorb the dye that you're trying to give it fully. If you want to dye a piece of wool, a red color, a nice purple color, you have to make sure it's first clean. If it's got like dirt on it and you dip it in the the dye and you take it out, once that dirt falls off, underneath is what? It's white wool. There's no dye on it because it was covered by dirt, right? So it says here also, he's basically saying, the mitzvot, they're not going to be so clear. Why? Because you were doing them while the averot were still there. You didn't do teshuvah on the averot. So now, and he gives a second reason. And it's known, He says, when a tzaddik does an avera, it's much greater than when someone that's not a tzaddik does an avera. It counts as such a bigger deal. Why? Because you should know better. So when a person has been doing mitzvot and they've brought themselves to a higher level while they didn't do teshuvah for the averot, you still have brought yourself to a higher level. So if you fall now, the fall is much greater. So you better do teshuvah for those averot so they don't come back to bite you later. That's scenario number one. And this, v'zehu ma'ala lefanai asavim. This is similar to the landowner's reply that says to the renter, <coughs> you have to weed out the field. Why? Because it will grow weeds for me in the future. In the future, there's going to be weeds again for me. And I don't want that. In the future, Hashem is saying, you're going to do Averot again. And I don't want that. So you have to weed them out now while you can by doing Teshuvah. 
Number two. <clears throat> Number two was what? The renter says, okay, fine. I'll weed it out after I'm done with my crops. I'll do it afterwards. You want me to weed out the weeds? I'll take them all out by their, by their roots. But I won't do them now. I'll do them after, after I'm done. And if the Jews say, We will plow the fields afterwards. Which means what? Let us first do the mitzvot. I'm going to do the mitzvot now. I'm doing the mitzvot. Right? And then afterwards, I will eradicate and get rid of all the avarot. Meaning by doing teshuvah. They're not doing avarot right now. It means doing teshuvah for the past avarot. I'm going to do the mitzvot first, and then I'll do teshuvah for the avarot. Right? Which is brought down by many chachamim, and, and the Zerah Shimshon agrees with this. That is sometimes, that is the way to do it sometimes. Sometimes the person is not ready to do teshuvah, they just got to jump into a mitzvah just to get away. Right? But he's saying, but once you're doing the mitzvot, you got to do that teshuvah or else it's just lingering. It's just hovering above your head. It's going to take you. It's going to get you. It is important what the Zerash Rishonim is saying and so many different chachamim, Rishonim, Macharonim. Very important to come to terms with the mistakes that we've made in the past. When we come to terms, we'll, we're able to do teshuvah for them and then we can clearly get ahead. If we don't, it's like we're doing all these mitzvot with like a ton of, 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 of bricks tied to our legs. We're dragging them with us. And there is a huge road behind us made by the dragging of the weights. It doesn't go away. It's there. Right? Ve'im yomeru Yisrael. So he says... Let us do, first let's, let's do the mitzvot and then we'll do. And then, untaken, and then, <coughs> and then we will repair the damage. Just like the landowner, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will say to Bnei Israel, I want good grade A wheat. If you're going to tell me you're going to clear out the weeds afterwards, meaning the weeds are going to be growing with the stalks of grain. That's going to take the energy from the good grains that are growing, meaning you're going to give me grade B and C wheat. I don't want that. I want grade A, a, grade a um, um, grains. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you're dragging all these weights with you. You're not going to be able to do the mitzvot well. I want good mitzvot. I want clear mitzvot. I don't want it tainted with the avarot of your past. First do teshuvah so that the mitzvot that you're doing are clear of all this pgam, of these deficiencies that you have from your past. Granted, he doesn't disagree that sometimes you have to jump into mitzvot just to get clear away from the averot, so the zikhut of the mitzvot can help you to even recognize your averot. But then once you do, do teshuvah right away. So that the mitzvot that you do in the future are not tainted by the averot of your past. I want the mitzvot and the things that you do be with tahara, with clarity and, and with, with purity and kedusha and with holiness. And he says, now he's going to answer the question of the pasuk. The pasuk we said, first says, if you plant for yourselves seeds of righteousness, you will, you will, um, 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 
um, um, um, harvest for yourselves like kindness. And then later, instead of saying, but if you plant wickedness, you will get, you know, it doesn't say plant, it says plow. So if you plow wickedness, you will. So he's going to say, this is what Hoshea means in it, the Pasuk. But you have plowed wickedness and you have reaped iniquity. What does that mean? Even though you planted mitzvot, meaning that the Pasuk is not saying that you don't have mitzvot. You do have mitzvot to plant. But what you're planting the mitzvot with is with a bunch of weeds that need to be plowed. The weeds need to be plowed. So he's saying, even though you sowed mitzvot, you made mitzvot, you planted mitzvot after the sins that you committed, they're not worth anything. <coughs> because once those seeds fall, they've fallen. The damage is done. The weeds are there. The damage is done. More weeds are going to grow. That because even if you plant wheat now, if you plant grain now, it's not going to blossom well. Like what? Doeg was one of the <coughs> trusted advisors of Shaul HaMelech. Sorry. He was the one, Doeg was the one who gave the advice to Shaul HaMelech that ended up with Shaul HaMelech killing out the entire city of Kwanim because of David HaMelech. Right? Achitofel was a trusted advisor of David HaMelech. But then later on, he sided with Avshalom, David HaMelech's son, who revolted against him. Right? Both of them. They were Chachamim. They were Chachamim. They were Tzaddikim. What happened? From their past. It says from their past they had some uh, deficiencies that wasn't smoothed out yet. It, shows, it could show up late. And these were Tzaddikim. Do you understand what it takes to be the advisor of Shaul HaMelech? What it takes to be the advisor of David Melech? We're not talking about advisors that wake up in the morning, 10 o'clock, oh, I think we should go and conquer. No, these were tzaddikim. Every word of their mouth was Torah. They were judges of the Betin. So much so, go look at what David Melech says about, about him. Is you were my Rebbe. Imagine to be the Rebbe of David Melech. But when there is deficiencies that were left behind, it, caused, it could cause problems. It could cause problems. Right? And that's what he's bringing out. Vizeh. Vizeh avlatakatartem. And this is what it means by you sowed. You have reaped iniquity. Even though you sowed mitzvot, as we said before, they were planted in a field that was plowed with sins. The seeds were there and the land was, the seeds of the weeds were there and the land was plowed with the seeds of weeds. What is that going to do? Landowner is going to say, listen, you leave this land, the seeds were already fell. 
Someone else is going to come and plow. I'm going to have a land full of weeds. Because the seeds already fell. The seeds are there. If you don't do teshuvah, the seeds will never leave. They're just going to be there. Permanently. So therefore, although Achitofel, Doeg, they did so to speak, sow Tzitkut, righteousness, but since they did not do Teshuvah for their past, they ended up losing out because of it. <coughs> now, he does a play on words over here. <coughs> he said before that The Pasuk says, you, you have eaten the fruits of denial. Kachash, right? He's going to translate kachash like the weak, right? So he says like this, oh, the prophet says, Hosea, you have eaten fruit of poor quality, weak. Because if you don't weed out the weeds, Good wheat, good wheat will not grow. Hashem says, I want good wheat. Kach, in other words, if you don't do teshuva, and clean, cleanse your body of the previous sins, mitzvot will not be with kedusha and tahara. You have eaten fruits of poor quality, because you relied on your new wicked ways. Which meant what? You decided you know better. I'm going to do mitzvot while the avarot linger. Because you decided on that wicked way, you destroyed yourself. Because you decided you want to repent later. Number three. We said the, the third response of the landowner was what? That he says... You're going to give my land a bad name. You know where this is going? The land, so the, so the, so the renter says, <coughs> Listen, I'll do my part, or I'll do it later, yada, yada, yada. But weeds are going to still grow. And the landowner says, you're going to give my land a bad name. I can't rent it out later. Listen to this. The pasuk says, and there will be a rise of commotion among your people. Because you're going to give bad, a bad name to my land. Why? Because you're going to come and do Chilul Hashem. Why? Because people will say, Look at that person that learns Torah. He goes to Shurim every single morning. He goes to Kolel at night. Wow. He has so much learning in his day and, is, and he does business this and that. But look how his deeds are so bad. How much he cheats people out of their businesses. How much he, or how much he's disrespectful to people. Or have you seen him in the restaurant when his food is late? You call that a Talmid Chacham? Oh, he definitely dresses the, 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 the type. He's got his... Never wears any other color shirt other than white. <laughs> Never in his life. He even dreams in black and white. No color. <laughs> right? Right? Tzaddik ve'yashar. 
But sadly, sometimes the only thing that's white is the shirt. Why does that happen? Because all the Torah, he's saying all the Torah that you learn doesn't stick on. Because you have averot of your past that you refuse to do teshuvah for. Therefore, it comes out in your actions. Learn Torah. Sit down and learn 20 hours, 24 hours. But then later on when you're going out, your demeanor is wrong with people. And he says, and that's a bad name for my land. You're making a chilu Hashem. Hashem says, I don't want that. Don't read it out later. Don't read out only the side that I want. Don't tell me you're still doing the mitzvot. I don't want it. Do teshuvah so that you'll be a prime example of what a Jew is supposed to be. But it only happens if you accept that you've made mistakes and you do teshuvah. This way you will make a kiddushem shamayim for me with a blue shirt, a green shirt. You'll still be a kiddushem shamayim. It doesn't matter. You know what a huge difference it makes? He's saying an incredible thing. And the way he compares it to these Pesachim, it's, it's incredible how he's comparing it to the Gemara. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will say to Bnei Israel, if you're not doing the mitzvot the correct way, meaning first leaving your Averot and doing Teshuvah and doing the mitzvot, you're gonna make a mistake. And when you make those mistakes, it's bad in my name. You're making my name bad. Do you know how, do you know how many people have lived in the past and the future, and even today, that Mamash knew the entire Torah back and forth. We've spoken about this before. They knew the Torah back and forth. They could write halachic pilpulim that would twist your brain. Right? But they would break Shabbat in public. And people like think like, how? Like, how do you have so much information? How do you learn so much Torah? They would, there's one of the, one of the I, don't, I don't remember what his name was, but one of the pioneers of like, I don't know if it was conservative Judaism or reform Judaism, one of the top, top people used to write Chidushei Torah. Listen. Used to write Chidushei Torah. Can you write Chidushei Torah? Real Chidushim. Can I write Chidushim? I'm telling you right now. Chidushei Torah. He used to write Chidushei Torah on Shabbat while smoking a cigar. Do you understand what it means not to weed out the past? When it's the, it, there's schmutz there. So yeah, obviously they'll bring 3,000 reasons as to why it's okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm smoking the cigar with a shinui. I usually smoke with my right hand. So today I'm smoking with my left hand. Right? And then... At so many people bring so many different excuses as to why what they're doing is right. And that's the problem. We don't want to accept that we are wrong and do teshuva for those wrongs. That's what the Zerah Shimshon is saying. If you don't right away weed out those deficiencies, it's going to linger and it's going to get you. It's going to get you. So many people have fallen to this trap. So many people fell into this trap. And, 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 and you know, people in, in modern era, in modern day, people that had, they, they, were, they were giving shiurim. Magidei shiur, they were giving shiurim on a daily basis that were caught doing the craziest public things that I don't even want to talk about. 
And people look at that guy how? This guy was a maggot shear. He was teaching a daf yomi every day. How? When you don't fix your midot, if you don't accept your averot, your shortcomings, you don't do teshuvah, you're not at peace with yourself, do a, learn Torah, do the mitzvot. At the end, it's like, it's like, it's like your body's been drenched with oil. And the mitzvot have to stick on and they keep slipping off. It just, there's no room for it. There's no room for it. And that's the beauty of the Zerah Shimshon where he's bringing out with these pasukim. The landowner says, no, at the end of the day, even if you clear my entire field afterwards, it's not good enough. Because it's still going to grow and it's going to give a bad name to my land. You're going to be a chilul Shem Shamaim for me. You're going to be a chilul Hashem for me. So do me a favor, Hashem says. You want to do these things? You know, take off the clothes of the tzaddik. Don't be a, 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 a wolf in a sheep's clothes. We have to be very, very careful. We have to be very, very careful with our actions. Especially Jewish people, people are so... Everywhere you go, people know who we are. Am Israel answers to a higher source. I don't care you wear a white shirt, blue shirt, green shirt, Nikes, dress shoes, I don't care. You wear a kippah or in some other way people know you're a Jew, you could be a walking Kiddush Hashem or the opposite. Every single second you could be a walking Kiddush Hashem which is the greatest mitzvah in the Torah according to many or chas v'shalom the greatest avera according to many. Which the Rabbinu Yonah in Sharet Teshuvah says, it is the only avera that is almost impossible to do Teshuvah for. It's Chilul Hashem. And people watch. I told you my, uh, what happened with me one time. People watch. <coughs> I went to a, uh, uh, one of these big stores. Huh? Two minutes? Oh, oh okay. Um, I was uh, going to one of these big, big franchise stores with my family and it was a huge one of these big shopping centers with different stores and things like that. So um, I was parking my car and then when I went to park, there was like a Wendy's or something, some non-kosher restaurant. So I went to my, park my car over there and I'm, I just, just automatically, I didn't even really think so much through it. I was like, I don't want to park like next in front of the Wendy's when there's parking over there. I'll just go over there. I'll park over there next to where the store is that I'm going to, I think it was Big Lots or something, right? And I parked over there. So I'm inside the store with my family going through the aisles. And this lady comes up to me. She literally just sees me and goes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> she goes, she goes, I saw you about to park by the Wendy's and I saw that you were Jewish. I was like, no way these, these guys are going to Wendy's. They eat kosher. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Do you see you're literally on a ma under a magnifying glass? You think people don't look. You think they don't judge. But we are being judged every single second. Every single move. So people go, what's the big deal? I'm just walking into McDonald's because I want to get water. And we know the halakha is, you shouldn't even walk into McDonald's to get water. So people go like, eh, really? Yeah, really. Yeah, really. One person walks by, sees you in a McDonald's. First impression is, oh, look at that guy in <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> Kosher Jew. 
You know, like the Jewish they say. So may Hashem protect us always and help us to really true, truly be true with ourselves. Always be able to do teshuvah shelema so that all the mitzvot that we do will be that beautiful landscape with kernels of wheat and grain growing beautifully so that Karakadosh Baruch Hu after 120 years will turn to us and say, You are a grade A grain. I gave you a neshama clean. You brought it back to me clean with all the mitzvot that I gave you. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.